In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One of the most amazing things the clergy get to do is to spend time with the dying. And I've been asked, how can you do that? Well, those of you who have spent time with the dying know that it's the dying who minister to us. That oftentimes, as people progress on their journey toward God, they welcome us into that journey. They reach out to us, and they are the ones who comfort us. How often I have been at bedsides where people have come to visit not knowing what to say or what to do, and the person in the bed graciously reaches out to them and says, it's okay. I'm okay. I have faith. Tonight we come to stand at the foot of the cross to be with Jesus as he dies. And in the midst of that horrible, suffering death, Jesus is ministering to those around him. He looks down off the cross and he sees his mother. And he says to his mother and to his beloved disciple, you are now family. As he struggles on the cross in agony, he's concerned about his mother. So he creates a new family for her to make sure that she is cared for. In the midst of his own struggle, he's still ministering. Jesus' entire life was about ministering to those who were hurt, who had been betrayed, who had been labeled as outcasts, who were dying, who felt lost, who felt alone. And as he walked to the cross, he continued that. He continued ministering to those who had done him incredible harm who had yelled at him to be crucified, who nailed him to the cross, he forgave them. A powerful action of incredible love. We gather around that cross and we watch how Jesus ministers in love to all without exception. This past week, we lost one of our friends at Brentland, Frank. Frank was a wonderful man, full of the love of Christ. His hobby was carving Santa Clauses. And he and his wife came to Brentland, and they were faith-filled people. And they went around Brentland and they recruited people to come to church on Sunday. And they would stand and pound on people's doors at 8 o'clock in the morning to get them to come to church. 
And as we got to know Frank and Lois, we discovered that their son-in-law was dying of cancer. He had brain cancer, 50 years old, a son of 16. And we began corresponding with Tom and Ann out in California on email. They were also faith-filled people. And Tom, in the midst of his suffering and pain, ministered to me over email. Don't worry. I know I'm dying. I'll be okay. Take care of my wife. So after he died, we emailed Ann. She was concerned about her parents who wanted to go to California for the funeral. They couldn't go. And just a few months later, this past week, Frank died, and Ann flew out from California. I couldn't imagine. I didn't know what to expect from her. She had lost her husband and now her father. And when I met her at Brentland, she came up to me, and I said, how are you? How are you able to cope? And she said, it's only my faith that is sustaining me. It's only Jesus who's giving me strength to go one day at a time. And it's this community that surrounds Jesus that gives me strength and courage to continue. And it's knowing that the God I worship understands, that the God I worship understands my broken heart. And as she sat next to her mother, the community of Brentland came together. And they gathered around Lois, the people she had recruited to come back to church. And they held her hand and they sat next to her. And I asked Lois, how are you doing? She said, I'm fine. I'm surrounded by my faith. The community that Jesus began to create as he suffered on the cross. An unusual death, one that tore the heavens open and opened up the heavens for us. Today we walked the stations of the cross downtown and there were some young children carrying a heavy wooden cross. And as I walked with the priests from St. Mark's and St. John's, she said, those children attend my church. The ones carrying the cross. See that little girl? Six months ago, her mother was taken away in handcuffs. Last week, her father was taken away in handcuffs. Yet she carries the cross. When they stopped and rested, I went up to the little girl and I said, wow, you're kind of small to be carrying that cross. And she said, I have to carry the cross. I said, why is that? She said, because I want to do something for these people who love me. And she pointed to the people who were walking behind the cross. They love me. They understand me. They know how I feel. I often hear the carols say that baby Jesus in the hay made no crying as he lay upon his manger's bed. 
Jesus cried so he could feel and empathize with the child that's deep inside each lonely tear we shed when I hear that Jesus wept I know he understands when I read that Jesus wept I feel his gentle hands reaching out with God's compassion, healing wounds that sin has left. Sacramental incarnation, Jesus wept. And when Christ grew to be a man, he wept to see death take his friend, he wept to see Jerusalem refuse his love's embrace. He understands the deepest part of every hurting human heart. He carries all the tears there are and covers them with grace. When I hear that Jesus wept, I know he understands when I hear that Jesus wept. I feel his loving hands reaching out with love's compassion, healing wounds that sin has left. Sacramental incarnation. Jesus.